0: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, or whatever time it is, wherever you are listening to uh, the Help Sheffield podcast, and this is episode number, Elf 2? We forget to check this every time. (laughs) 16? 17. 17. 17. I I did one without you, I think. Anyway, so yeah, episode 17 um, of the Help Sheffield podcast, and today we have John Clark, who is a local historian. Um going to give us a little bit of um, background about the things he does in the city, how he started, what he, he stalls. If that's a word, it's probably not, but I'm going with it. And um, if you'd like to just say hi, John. Hi. <laughs> so we're just having a bit of preamble talking to John about what got him started with looking at the history of Sheffield. I think you said um, that basically nobody looks at the history of Sheffield and you have sort of found a gap and you thought you'd um, give it a whirl. So tell us how you began
1: on your plan. Well, it's just one of the things, you walk around, you see places, you see things, you get interested, and you suddenly find there's nowhere to go to, to actually find out about it. So you end up delving yourself, and then you find out there's a hell of a lot more people out there doing the same thing, trying to look for the same places. And there's a massive, massive audience for history in Sheffield, it's not tapped into.
0: Okay, so how do you know there's an audience if it's not tapped into? Where have you found people?
1: (laughs) Um, I did a thing about Florence Nightingale's connection to Sheffield. I uh, just oh. wrote it, put it into Steelmaker, okay. um, put it out on one of the Sheffield sites, and before we knew it, it had been seen a quarter of a million times. Wow. I think that's quite a bit of interest. That's quite a bit of interest. I'll, yeah. I'll go with that. <laughs> so just, for those of you that don't know, um, John was referring
0: there to the Steelmaker magazine, which is a local magazine that's trying to highlight Got a, you're, you do a monthly history
1: It's um, I've at present done a couple of articles in each month it's yeah. coming out monthly but it's more of a magazine for people around Sheffield so they can pick it up, learn something walk around and tell them friends oh did you know that building was so-and-so or do you know that so-and-so lived there and it's just to get a local interest around yeah so that's, the magazine's going out is it 10,000 copies per month? 10,000 copies going out yeah are actually going to be delivered. Um, it's online. Uh, I think they've got a Twitter account as well. Yeah, there's a lot of interest at present time because people, it's not a magazine that you pick up and it ends up in a bin. It's one that you pick up, you see something that's of interest and you wait to show it your friend. Yeah, I, I quite it's enjoy it. Out. Sorry, I spoke of you there, John. So yeah, it's okay. It's getting shared around. Yeah. And For me, it's great because it said it's, showing Sheffield as it is. We've got no tourist board or anything. We've got nobody to publicise as a city. We have to do it ourselves.
0: Just go back to what you said before about Florence Nightingale. Just give me a brief summary of what her connection was because I have
1: no clue whatsoever. Ah, it's a funny one, Florence. Florence Nightingale, she was born to the Shaw family. Now, the Shaw family owned um, Norton Hall and I think the other one was Talbot. Is it Talbot? I think the other one now, Tacton Hall. Now, she was, her father was in fact not called Nightingale. He was called Shaw. Now, for him to get his inheritance, he had to change his name because the person Florence, Nightingale, was named after Nightingale, had got no children, so the name was going to die out. It was her uncle. So, to get the estate out in Derbyshire, he changed his name to Nightingale, but the family originated from Sheffield. Okay. Not many people knew about it. So was she brought up in Derbyshire then? She oh, was no. brought up in Derbyshire, but spent a lot of time at her grandparents' houses. So you've got So, uh, you got Tapton Hall, um, which I think is now the Masonic Hall. Uh, you've got Norton Hall up in Sheffield, which she spent time at. So her childhood years were spent between Derbyshire and Sheffield. Right. Never knew that. I don't um, think I know much about her, to be honest, but I never knew she had any connections whatsoever. Yeah, it was it, your family. They were a banking family. They went bankrupt in the 1847, I think it was. Somewhat ironically.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so you were saying before we started about your connections to other sort of buildings that you started on your historic, historic historian path, if I can say that. Um, you mentioned about,
1: um, what was the Grange you said you first looked at? Um, Abdel Grange Lodge. My grandfather was the caretaker of Aberdale Grange during the war, Okay. lived in the lodge. Uh, they knocked down Aberdale Grange, they knocked down Holt House, which was the other house that was there, which had two of the most historic houses in Sheffield. And the only thing that was left was the Grange. And they was gonna knock down the actual lodge, Grange Lodge. So I thought to myself, no way. Okay. So I went in to try to get preserved and sure enough, it got preserved. On the proviso of that, I got, I didn't get dragged in. I got asked if I'd help out at Portland Works. So I started off on saving Portland Works, which the great committee that did at the time actually raised, what was it, 450000 and we bought it. So I'm now a trustee of the charity side of that. So I'm working on the Friends of Portland Works charity, uh, raising cash to do the rest of the restoration while the little Mesters workshops were bringing little craftsmen in, things like that. Right. So the crafts are going on still within Portland, but with the vents coming in, it can't support everything, so we need the charity to do the support there. So I'm now a trustee there. So just to go back to the
0: Abigail Lodge, Grange Lodge, so just, Yeah, um, you said before we started that you got the... The crane driver was going to demolish it. Yeah, the crane driver was
1: going to demolish it. Could not bear to demolish such a lovely building. But he had a word with me, and between us, we actually got towards the council, and they put it up for auction. I think it went for one hundred and thirty-five thousand in the end. Um, How long ago was that? Um, it'd be about eight years ago now. Okay. Um, it got restored, and they've done a fantastic job, and it's just sold for just under half a million. What is it now? Is it a is it private residence or? Private residence quite a nice tidy little house then it's a lovely house actually i wish i'd got it (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah i won't mind a nice half a million pound house Mm. never mind and so for those of the obviously that was on the site of where abriel grange school formerly was or just off the edge of it
1: where tesco's petrol station is it's okay Tesco's petrol station it's a house facing you okay yeah i know what you mean
0: It's probably one of those things I've passed three hundred thousand times and never yeah. really noticed, which is what I think that happens with a lot of history, historical things. Um, I, it's really quite obvious to someone who's an historian, but I always remember when I'm walking down a street, it's always to look up and never just look at the shop fronts because a lot
1: you of the shop there. fronts look at the roofs. Yeah, <laughs>
0: just like the shop front just looks the same everywhere in, in the entire world. But looking up is always very important. So the Portland Works then. So that's where's that situated? I do sort of um, agree
1: there. Go outdoors.
0: Oh, yeah, go outdoors. Um, it's Hill
1: the of the building at the side of it. Okay. When and you walk in, you just don't believe. As you walk in, you don't believe as you go through the entrance, the size of what you see inside. Okay. Um, amazing building in Sheffield. It's where stainless steel was first uh, made into cutlery. So it's the origin of stainless steel within the world is Portland Works. Um, little band, I think. What, what's the name of that band? Uh, Def Leppard. They okay, started off yeah. there. <laughs>
0: Okay. Yeah. It's a practice room.
1: So, so when you and your
0: group sort of saw Portland Works, was it a complete wreck?
1: it had been allowed to go to wreck and ruin. has got okay. an owner. The owner weren't really man. They didn't want to maintain it, basically. Okay. Um, but there was a whole community in there. So if the building collapsed around them financially, the yeah. whole community would die. So they raised. Well, we did a share issue. Um, We raised about 450000 It was the largest buyout in history at the time. And it's now owned basically by the community, the shareholders, which are the community. It's um, community benefits. It was a community benefits. Um, But basically, it's a non-profit-making organisation. So what's in there at the moment? Again, another building I've probably passed 300 times and never really took much notice of. Mail-wise, when we think we talking about we've got a knife about two knife manufacturers, I think. Uh, we've got artists in there, we've still got some musicians in there. Uh, we've got Robin and Loxley Gin distillery. Oh yeah. There. Yeah. That oh. That's the one that's got the interest when every time we have an open day, we get loads of people <laughs> <laughs> queuing up to go around the distillery. Um, we've got silver Plater. Uh, we've got a bike manufacturer, we've got a rug manufacturer. We've got 63 people working in there using roughly, I think it's about 60 businesses. Okay, so, so it's, all of um, them have been broke.
0: So there's some sort of small private businesses in their little nesters type setup, yeah. is it?
1: Yeah. So the idea is that you give them a cheap rental, yeah. allow them or nurture them through, and then when they're big enough, they can move out into larger premises. And then create another space for them to come into to a debate-type yeah.
0: thing. Yeah. So, um, so in there, then, so you've got all those people in there. When, what do you say
1: about the open days? Is that an annual thing you have, or do you have? We have we have open days that we run on a Tuesday. Naturally, at present, we don't do them now. Uh, yeah. You have to pay for those for about five pound or something because you need to have, take a guide. But we have heritage open days. We have events on. We have lectures within it. We've got an educational room that's now being funded in there where we can take people in, and it is a complete lecture room with overhead projectors for rental. Okay. It's one hell of a place. Um, people don't realise just what we've got. We've got a lot of these sort of buildings in Sheffield that's taking new uses. Where else would you, where are the other places? You said before, I
0: that there's places that skip past your resident Sheffield. Though. Where were the, what other places would you mention? When you that, Think
1: again? about it the cutlery works. When you go around that area. Yeah. They're all steelworks that's took up a new use. Sheffield's a city that keeps reinventing itself. If you think about what's happened, they keep twisting to try to do something else to keep going. Yeah, I do like cutlery works. Again, I've probably gone in and just
0: gone, oh, food and drink, and forgot to look at the building that I'm inside. (laughs) I'm just a heathen.
1: They're all, the steelworks are little artist studios. We've got little restaurants and cafes within them around that area the whole area around there now i think guardian said it was one of the best areas in britain to live
0: yeah it, 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 i think it
1: wasn't was it not the best area yeah
0: yeah so yeah always always nice it I is some people think that Kelham's all a bit trendy and but actually it's just really lovely i've been down a couple of times recently in the afternoon well before lockdown in the afternoon rather than going out for a night out on a Um, pub call or whatever just going in the afternoon just sitting in various different bars and cafes for hours while they were doing not a lot they're quirky yeah it's lovely
1: Mm.
0: and again i think it's got a weird in certain circles i think some people think it's a bit too hipster and a bit trendy but it's not actually like
1: that at all in my view it's so easy to step backwards away from that you can get into that sort of atmosphere but you can step away from that little there's a few little antique shops up and up down there yeah and um, you've got the market there as well that goes down there.
0: It's one of those places that if I went on holiday, I'd probably find the area and go, oh, this is great, it's got all sorts of little
1: quirky things, but because it's in my own city, I forget. <laughs> we, we all, we do, that's the trouble with Sheffield. We've got like the Manor Lodge. Yeah. Uh, people say, where's that?
0: T- tell us about the Manor Lodge, because I, I know the basics of the Manor Lodge, but hopefully you can yeah.
1: give me something. Everybody knows it's a place where Mary, Queen of Scots, was imprisoned. Yeah. Apart from if you live in London you read the books and it's mentioned once on one page, I think. <laughs> Every film about Mary, Queen of Scots, it's never in it because this period was secret. Yeah. We are moving her about, so not it was documented. But it's an amazing place. It's also where, uh, I'm trying to think of the name, Wolsey got dysentery. used <laughs> to them. <laughs> we did we did we did All the time at the Manor Lodge on the toilet. <laughs> and what the- was she there for, is it? 14 I thought, years. I think I've got 14 years in my head for some With reason. Most of her life. She was moved there. They kept moving backwards and forwards from Sheffield Castle to the manor because yeah. Sheffield being Sheffield and having Sheffield planning permission, uh, they had to build a castle in a dip. Everybody oh. else was on the top of a hill, we put them in <laughs> there by rivers. So <laughs> it. we got it. But we've got one of the, we've got the fourth best underground uh, man made features in the world in Sheffield, the Megatron as well who, who voted for that fourth best <laughs> if you've been down there you'll realize it should be about second but it was Welters, but um, they looked at the man-made structures underground and it came out as the fourth i've been wow. down there. we do guided tours down there next next year they were i've been be- meaning to go
0: down there for a few years and i've just never got around to doing it but i do quite fancy it does the pictures i've seen it looks amazing
1: it's amazing it really is amazing um the story down there as well it used to be open and the cutlery works along the side of it so if they got a piece of cutlery they made a mess of rather than let people see that they made a mess of the cutlery see oh. it out the window so as you go through under the railway station you're picking up knives and forks and they even, they even found a barrel with three people's hands handcuffed together in it if you believe oh that.
0: nice
1: <laughs> so it was the gang wars in that area and well, oh, yeah, I suppose you're not going to
0: go and find it very readily, are you? Nice, mm. lovely. Um, amazing down there. So, any other places you'd like to mention that don't get out there much, John? So, anything you've written in your articles or
1: uh, Warden Cemetery? Another, ah, an- another
0: place here. I need to go to.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Everyone in Sheffield, oh, I wish I'd gone there. But there's little, little quirky places like you go wood seats and you've got the old tram sheds just as you're going up from Healy. And everyone knows it's a trendy little bar. Yeah. With the old, um, I think it was the old tannery initially, and then the tram sheds around the corner. But, like, you just look up and you look at that building and you think, what an amazing building. But actually, yeah, it's full of them, but we all walk around like Lowry characters. <laughs> Heads down and big feet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, is there anything else you'd like to add, John? Um, I don't know if there's anything... You want to add to that?
1: Well, what can you do with Sheffield? We had one of the largest oak trees in the world, which we chose in the 15th century, the Lord <laughs> oak. So we even set a trend there in the 15th century, what we see using today. I do find there's a trend running through all our
0: podcasts that everyone we have on go, we've got great stuff, we just don't manage it very well.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> the thing is that when you do manage it, um, we're talking about the Megatron immediately with these three of us on a call here. three people one person puts a hand up and says I'd love to do that I'd like to do it I've just not got around to it yet I put it on as a tour last year unfortunately Uh, we didn't have the as I call it the plague we had the floods so you can't exactly go into the railway station when it's all flooded it filled up we were charging 20 pound all the money was going to charity yeah and we're doing 15 people a time going down there, four trips a day. And we had something like four and a half thousand people try to get on them.
0: I booked on one and I think mine got called off by flooding. It probably wasn't that I did. <laughs> I was most <laughs> impressed. I'm like, it's taking me ages to get onto this and then it gets... Um, we, are we, are doing, we are doing
1: them again. We are doing them again. I've got the names of all the people who actually booked onto it. Okay, that might be me. Although yeah. I don't have a name, as we've said at the start.
0: I know. Um, so what, what information, so when you do a tour of the Megatron, what do you tell people? Obviously, it's a vast storm drain. Everyone goes, well, what's in it? What's in it?
1: <laughs> you, you go water. You, Thanks, Help 2 Not a lot of water, if you do it properly, because it's, the Megatron is so large. Uh, when you get to the entrance of the Megatron, it's the size of Sheffield Cathedral inside. Wow. That's wow. Where, and as you're going into it, it's on platform four, the two rivers meet, the sheaf and the don. Sorry, the sheaf and the porter. And then as you move on there, you've got the, heading towards the Megatron, you've got the lead mill, which you think of as lead mill as in a right quick on. dance. Yeah. You've got the original lead mill bridge, which okay. used to go to the original lead mill, is built into it. So the history of Sheffield is built in, the old bridges are built into the Megatron as you go through it. You go into the railway station, you hear the trains running overhead, and you've got all this Victorian brickwork holding it and all the up. Trains are quite disconcerting running over the top of you when you're in a, a big <laughs> yeah, That's the <an> excitement, <laughs> <laughs> slash danger. Oh, there's no, got... a lot of wildlife down there.
0: What What do you get down there? Um, there's a lot of bats. Okay. Not, We've a, fan. Got... Not a fan of bats.
1: They're absolutely amazing. They breed down there. They're very really rare. Um, we've got oh, crayfish. Oh, yeah. Quite big crayfish. I said, we've got a lot of it's done. There's a little museum being set up. It's probably been washed away now. But there's a little museum they set up with grinding stones and bits of stuff they've found down there from steelworks. And then you come out of the main part of the railway station and then you enter the main Megatron, which, I said, everyone just stands there with the jaw open. Just, yeah. Why did they build it so big? Strange one, this one. Two things. Yeah. move back to history again. Okay. And it goes back to slave trade, actually, and a few other things. We won't. Well, I will do. It. I'll do it. Make it interesting. Okay. So, like <laughs> 1800s, like 1840s. Uh, we came to the end of the slave trade. A lot of the rich people, like the Duke of Norfolk, have got a lot of money from the trade slave because they got compensation for their slaves. Yep. At the same time, we got the plague, or the cholera. Yeah. That was caused by the fact that Pond Street was a whole load of sewage, basically, just going from the river straight into Pond Street and causing a load of grief. So the people got cholera, ended up being took up to the cholera, Mount area and mm-hmm. buried. So the Duke of Norfolk had to do something. At the same time, we got Sheffield, being connected with the railways so the Duke of Norfolk thought I can be clever here if I give them money to build a railway out towards London and I say the proviso is that you get all that water that's going into Pond Street and channel it all and build a railway station over the top of that I get rid of my cesspit yeah. it's my money and we get a railway to London to take coal. so that's the way we got it but then it comes out of the railway station and it gets to about the 80s and we've got the trams coming along. Now, the trams, unfortunately, can't go down in look uphill that good. So they thought, I have an idea. We'll extend the tunnel system under the railway station and make an even bigger one that the trams could just go along the top of. So the mega tunnel is so large to allow trams, the heavy trams, to go in a straight line over to what is now um, the, Mad- I call it the Mad Island, the big island by uh, yeah. the... Uh, Sports Centre. Magic roundabout, might I always call it. I call it
0: uh, mad. Mad roundabout. <laughs> I, do, I do like when people come to Sheffield, like, what is that a thing that you've got at the end of the park That's just a big roundabout. You get used to it after a while. But um, do you
1: realise when you go on the Megatron, you go under it? Right under the bottom. The oh, yeah. It's do, yeah. amazing.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something I need to add to my list.
1: The other um, thing like with Sheffield that people don't realise, we invented mushy peas. Did we? (laughs) How did that come about? (laughs) Um, Bachelors needed a place to do canning. Okay. And we had on Ladies Bridges, the Flemish building, Red Brick. It's used to be a veterinary surgery. Now it was a veterinary surgery. And because it was a veterinary surgery, they had concrete ramps to get the horses up to the various stables at levels, which was ideal for a factory. So in the 1900s, Bachelors moved in there and they started the world's first canning factory. And so the world's first tins of mushy peas were actually done on Ladies Bridge. And it's actually one of the only things in Sheffield that's got a blooming monument to it. If you walk across the bridge on the right yeah. hand the side, you'll see a monument to Sheffield being the home of mushy peas. Um, another thing, I've probably walked past lo-
0: loads of times, never noticed it. I like, You never think. No, you don't. We just think of steel. It's like I, I went on a tour fairly recently um, last summer about the um, history of football in Sheffield, which obviously got lots and lots of history in Sheffield and links to it. And they were trying to get that as a, like a hashtag on social media, um, trying to get tours and things going out there. And they've had people from all over the world come around to have a look, but it's not a regular set-up, organised thing. I just, I don't know, I just sometimes think we need to
1: get our heads together and um, create okay. a world of fun. I was in Highfields you know Highfields in Sheffield Mm -hmm. there's a dental surgery just there it's got a little it used to have a little pole type thing with a lamp on it outside I was in there a few years ago and you know when they come out and they say yeah I'm sorry but it's running 28 minutes late and all that and you think "Oh, I thought I'll just look up the history of the building and I found out the building was owned by a bloke called Charles Stokes Okay. I know about. Thought, Sorry, I've got 28 minutes. I'll look him up. <laughs> found out that he lived on Highfields. He was a dentist. He did the first anaesthetic in Sheffield. But he also founded Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, yeah, just in his spare time. as in you do. spare time. <laughs> he then went off and he played for Wednesday and they, beat, they won the Clegg Cup, I think it was, with him playing. United's ground, Bramaline, used to be a football ground, but it wasn't United's ground at the time. But they had a the semi-final. And Charles Stokes went to that semi-final there were 14,000 people there. So he went along and he thought, hang on, there's money in football. So he decided to form a football club, a professional one that could take on the world. And he advertised everywhere. And it became called Sheffield United. So Sheffield United were founded by an ex-Wednesday director and player to make money. Well, you know. And you think to yourself, you know, what history have we got in Sheffield? Round the corner, they drafted the first rules. Yeah. And yet the museums in Manchester. Yeah, it is a bit baffling that, isn't it? Yeah. I think we did we try and get it and we failed.
0: A bit like the armory. Yeah, tried to get that and failed. Channel four tried to get that and failed. Yeah. We don't know, don't know very well. Although we probably don't remember our successes, although uh, nothing comes, comes to mind at mo- the moment. Pardon? The music museum. Oh yeah, that was a success. <laughs> 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 my brother my brother went to the music museum, so it's one of the worst things he's ever been to. So there's like three items in each room that like jimmy Hendrix's toothpick and just like that is yeah. not an artifact. So they're just absolutely appalling and so,
1: I, went, I went to I went to Island one Saturday and I saw three people in a car outside and they wound the window down. They said, Is this Kellum Island? So I goes, Yeah. They said, Oh, how do we get in? I said, You can't, it's not open on a Saturday.
0: <laughs> yeah. So well I think that I think uh Marcus said that on the Sheffield Walking Tours podcast that it didn't open on Saturday. It's just, I, just making life difficult for ourselves, aren't we? It's very, very weird. There's some of the things we've got. To, we've
1: got more tourist stuff in Chesterfield than we have Sheffield because we haven't even got a tourist board.
0: Well, we, we had. A, well, we had an office, didn't we, for a while, and closed that down. Yeah. The mind it, boggles. It, didn't
1: work. it never worked because it was closed at lunchtime, <laughs> and everybody went out.
0: <laughs> very, very. We are a City of failures. Yeah, we, well, we're trying. We're trying to do the best. Just, I think we need to, um, as a people who live here, promote the city more. I do find on my Twitter account that a lot of people are quite negative. i just like, well, you we live here. Might as well give it a go and say positive things about it and find out the good stuff rather than just look
1: for the negative. But, you know, can I, make- I went with Dave Templeman down at the Manor, and uh, he did a little talk about the suburbs of Sheffield So we put it out on the Manor site and everything can expect like 23 people to actually go on the tour to listen to that, how the suburbs got the names and everything. And then I looked on the site and I got a phone call from Manor Lodge saying, we've got it worked up. We've got a hundred people already. Mm. We're going to have to move rooms. So then we started trying to put a few more on downtown. And before we knew it was getting 400 people in two sessions at the Library Theatre to listen to the talks on the, the suburbs. And um, at that point we thought, this is getting silly. People want to know. It's yeah. just they don't know where to go to find out.
0: Yeah, I do try and promote sort of stuff on um, Help Sheffield. There's things going on, so if anybody knows, it's only on Twitter though, so I don't know if you're on there at all. Are you on social media? Can anyone find out about the stuff that you do? So you said you do um... On Facebook, we've got the Friends of Manor Lodge.
1: Yeah. We've got the Friends of Portland Works. I do a lot for them. We put a lot on Pictures of Sheffield Old and New and Sheffield History. Oh yeah, I'm familiar with that. I work with Steelmaker, doing Steelmaker. I sometimes do a few things in Activate. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, It's just getting the stuff out to people and getting it in the format that they want. The walking tours have been great, the ones that they were organising, but they were getting full as well.
0: Yeah, well, when it's back to life, um, Marcus has suggested that I might be getting involved with the walking tours because he's got too much walking around to do, so he ain't got enough time on his hands to do it. We've
1: had the cycle tours, the Friday night cycle rides as well. Does that still happen? I don't know. Um, it was happening. I was walking. And it was sometime last year, and I suddenly saw all these bikes coming towards me, and thinking, "What's that?" Um, yeah. There was about twelve thousand people went under the Megatron. Uh, sorry, one thousand. I don't know if it was two thousand four hundred actually went under the Megatron last year in the tours. Yeah. And if you think about it, that was all going to the Vivas Trust to get the Vivas cleaned up and everything. And I think they was charged about £16 a ticket. So work that out. And that's it's that sort of revenue we need putting back into the places. Like the um, firemen, you know, the museum. I was just going to
0: mention that, National Emergencies Museum. National yeah.
1: Emergencies Museum. Um, if they don't watch out, they're going to fold because they're not getting the funding through in this period.
0: They've got a crowdfunding thing going online, they're haven't they? They're doing quite well,
1: actually. I've got to oh, give it to They are sure. doing quite well. But, like... That is such a lov- lovely museum I've not been to. Oh, I've been there. I've actually been somewhere.
0: <laughs> Someone's kids wanted to go, so I, um, I got... Dragged- well, I'm not going along because I found it quite interesting. Um, right, I know you said before, and John, um, that you need to go off and have your tea. So yeah. um, have you got any final thoughts? And if not, we'll um, call it a wrap and then I'll send you a link when we...
1: I just think that when... When all this is over and we see the light in the tunnel, I think people are going to have to come and support their own local things. People aren't going to be able to fly over to Spain and have a fortnight in Frengral or wherever it is, but they've got things on the doorstep. Yeah. Not like they are now where they're all flooding out into Derbyshire because someone says it's open. <laughs> around and stuff like Manor Lodge, stuff like Portland Works, the steel the uh, cutlery works, um, the museums, they all need the local support. Um, Abdel Industrial Amlet, the little railway across the road from there is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it is good. I've, I've been there. I've, only, I've not been for 30 years, but I have been. <laughs> it's just amazing. Workley um, Forge, going out towards Barnsley, that is one of the most amazing places you'll ever see. I've never even heard of it. So. Yeah, their they open day it's absolutely fantastic they've got large beam steam engines running inside that place uh, they've got a railway running around the outside of it they've got traction engines all over the place and as you said you haven't even heard of it
0: yeah I know I do try um, but yeah I'll, I'll definitely give a few of those things a well
1: but we've got uh, to try the local history things yeah. uh, I said the walks they do get difficult to get on because they get booked up but if they get booked up we put more on yeah, well, that's what
0: we're looking to do. I think so. Watch this space in some I sort of theory. Right, good ma- to do anyhow <laughs> Yeah, it might be my shiny head doing them one day. Right, I'll um, let you get off and get your tea, John, and I'll say all the best everything you wanted. Yeah, yeah, nice to chat and got some interesting things in there that hopefully a lot of the listeners didn't even realize and might give a second thought to and have a trip out. Well, we're so, uh, trying to drip
1: feed a lot of it through Steelmaker. So yeah. if they do, I'll give them a plug because it's worth it. But yeah. a lot of the stories are going in there and we're getting more and more people writing more and more things to go in. So the depth of knowledge that we should find should be quite good. Yeah, great. So,
0: okay. yeah. Thanks so much, John. Cheers, thank you. Cheers, then, mate. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.